Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Uh, how's everybody doing this morning? Hope you are well. I hope that you... Is that you? Did I just steal your chair? No. Boy, I hope you had a chance to get out in this amazing weather. Yesterday was gorgeous. Of course, today is gorgeous, too. We got a whole week of like almost 70 degrees here in Aspen. It's going to be it's crazy, huh? I'm not complaining. Looking forward to it. Brian Matthew, how are we doing this morning? Hey, doing well, doing well. Yeah? Yep. A uh, little, uh, doesn't matter how I'm doing, though. I mean, it does a little bit. But what I really am concerned about is how they're doing. I don't know which camera you're at. <laughs> Probably this one. Bye. Uh, but we want to hear from you. We love to hear from you. And this is one of the reasons why we like to live stream uh, our services yeah. is because we want to uh, field your questions, comments, uh, prayer requests. Uh, just make it feel like you guys are, are here, you know. And um, So the way you, you can do that is we actually have a church-wide text in number. Uh, it's 970. Hold on. I started that too soon. Someone wasn't ready. Yep. Too quick. Okay. Now you're ready. 970-717-0087. And that's actually open 24-7 if you have prayer requests, comments, questions, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. Um, another way that we can communicate with you, though, and that's a big help. Uh, right now, you're actually watching us through YouTube Live. Um, YouTube limits what we can do, our capabilities to communicate with you um, based on our subscribers. So uh, if you are watching this and that subscribe button underneath, I think it's one of these corners, uh, if it's still red... Can you click that for us? That would do us a big, big favor Great. just so we can continue to bring you the best stream quality possible. And invite friends and family to subscribe. And invite friends and family to subscribe. That wasn't coming from me, but that does help. <laughs> That's great. Wonderful. Oh, uh, also, uh, just updates. I know that some people have been texting in saying they've been watching on a YouTube app on their smart TV. So if you have a smart TV, YouTube has an app. Yes. So you can actually watch this on your TV instead of trying to watch it on your phone or even a laptop. So, perfect. That is great. Also, um, if you have kids out there, families, I just encourage you. Brian is putting out some amazing things. Brian and Tommy, the those videos, they're going. It's going to go big. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I have that little jingle song. in my head. I can't get it out of my head now. Um, but uh, please contact Brian. Email me if you haven't seen these videos he's providing for you and, and your families and your children. Also, weekly wor uh, time kids worship, right? Yeah. Um, tuning do, in. When is that? On Zoom. Uh, we do Wednesdays, mm -hmm. uh, except for this week. Yeah. Um, Wednesdays at 1030. This week, it'll be Thursday at 1030. Okay. Uh, and if you need any of these resources, please just uh, email Mady here at the church. Call us. We'd love to get you on that uh, the email list for all of those things that we're trying to get out during this time, especially. But I, I think Brian and Tommy might be something, I don't know, you might have to keep that going. You know, I will, I will uh, humble myself and say it's not the most giving. Actually, if you want to win a bag of candy and you're in middle school, Chris Henderson runes a XGT uh, middle, middle, middle of the week service That's right? What Wednesday time is night that? at 7. And they actually, he gives away bags of candy, which is unbelievable. That's a big one. Uh, and I know Gracie Brown has actually won the last two weeks. So oh. uh, save the Brown family from having too much sugar. <laughs> yeah. Please sugar. have your kids, if you're there in middle school, hop on yeah. Wednesdays at 7. And yeah. It's yeah, awesome. Have fun. Absolutely. So XGT Wednesdays with Chris Henderson. Zoom XGT 7 to 8.30 every Wednesday night. Some great things happening there. Chris, anything else back there? Okay. That's awesome. Well, good morning, everyone. Again, thanks for tuning in this morning. Um, we are, the next two weeks, we're going to finish up Jonah. If you've been with us, we've been in the book of Jonah. Uh, we'll uh, end that next week. And then we're going to go into a, a new series for a couple weeks that we're really excited about. We're going to keep that secret. But then we're going to roll out our new series called the People Series. Hopefully, you've heard about that. It's your series. And so just encourage you, the same text number, it's on the screen there at the bottom of each of my slides. Uh, that Brian just said, or just email me directly, or Mady, anybody here at the church. But we want to hear from you, what you want to hear about um, this summer. Just topics, issues, questions, biblical questions, uh, books of the Bible, whatever it may be. If you would, um, we've, and we've got a bunch of really good stuff already in, but really uh, be helpful to, um, if, some, if something comes to your mind, please shoot that into us. We, we're going to probably do this people series every 
now and then because we just want to hear from you and address the questions that you all have. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So just to take advantage of that, um, get those in. I think right now, I think something along the lines of the book of Revelation and in times is, is, has the most um, input we've heard from everybody. Literally, um, five minutes ago, we had another one come in for the book of Revelation. Oh, boy. My so, uh, work's going to be cut out for me if that's the, if that's the one we end up uh, doing. But, uh, yeah, that's great. Please send that stuff in. Um, and you can send it directly to me if you want. That's, that's wonderful. Um, this morning want to talk uh, about anger and trusting God. And we have real exciting, at the end of this, Trinity Terry is going to come, and it's a powerful testimony, folks, of transformation on this issue. Anger is a massive issue today. Um, so let me just, before we dive in on this issue, let me just pray for us. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, we love you and, and praise you. And Father, I pray for every household, every person that's tuning in right now, um, God, I ask for the, the pouring out of your spirit, Lord. I pray for your presence to be with us. You promise you will when we're gathered together. And that's even if we're gathered here, Lord, online together. Father, I just lift up this issue of anger. It's a big issue. Uh, Lord, we ask that your spirit would come this morning. Give us wisdom. Give us insight. Give us hope. Lord, may we see the fruit, Lord, of, of deliverance of redemption, of transformation on this issue. God, may we heed your word on these and may we lean in, Lord, to your power, what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So as I said, we're going to deal with this issue of anger. Gang, have you ever um, wrestled with something? I think we all have, right? It's something we're dealing with. It could be anger. It could be just go down the list of things. And uh, especially with anger is we, we, we think we can manage it. We think we can manage it or we think we can fix it. We just go out and we try different things to fix it. And, and maybe we even come to a point where we ignore it. But I just want to say this morning, and, and again, we're diving on this issue of anger specifically, but this is the same for many, many other issues. But uh, we can't ignore it. it. It doesn't go away. And it's not anything we can fix. No one is capable of managing anger. It is something that we need God right, to come and help us fix. Now, this morning, I'm primarily going to be speaking to men because this is, interestingly enough, primarily an issue with that men deal with the most destructive. Not that women, not that not everybody doesn't deal with anger, but this is primarily a massive issue um, with men. Uh, obviously, we'll talk the, the ramifications of that this morning and uh, obviously how others are impacted by that. But I, I hope that you'll listen as we I encourage everyone. I hope that you have your Bible. I hope you have your journal with you this morning and are ready to take some notes, ready to engage the Word of God, hear from um, God, hear from the Spirit of God on, on this issue. It's something every one of us needs to, to, uh, to really understand is this issue, the importance of anger and going after it. We can't manage it. We can't fix it. Ultimately, we have to come to a place where we say we can't, but he can. I can't, but he can. And this is the journey here we're finding with Jonah. And Jonah just takes it to the end of the line. Jonah just takes it to a place where he is, is just rooted in and not willing to. He's managing himself. He's not willing to hear uh, the voice of God in this. And, and anger, it festers. It's not going to go away. And so I just want to begin our time by reading chapter 4 of Jonah. As I said, we'll close this out. Next week, we're going to deal with the mercy of God and, and just close this, this study out in Jonah, um, which will be real exciting. But let me just read this for you. This is chapter 4 of Jonah, uh, the Word of God. Oh, before I do, though, a little quick background. Again, I always want to make sure if somebody's just tuning in for the for first time, Jonah is this little four-chapter book in the Old Testament, um, one of the mi 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament. Jonah was a prophet to, to Israel. And he was chosen by God to take this message to Nineveh. Nineveh was Israel's arch enemy. And later on, a few years later after this, after several years later, actually they did come in and destroy Israel. Um, but he gave this message to Jonah to go and take a message to Jim, a short message that if they don't repent because their evil had come up before God, that God would come and they'd be overthrown. But Jonah did not uh, abide by that message. It's the first time, the only time we have in Scripture where a prophet rejects 
of the call of God. And he runs from God, goes towards Tarshish, gets on a ship. God sends a storm. Jonah goes overboard. Jonah gets eaten by the whale. It's in the, it's in the fish that, that Jonah has, has some level of repentance and coming, getting right with God and, be, and gets spit out. God comes to him a second chance to get about the mission he called him to. And Jonah goes, but reluctantly, not with his heart. And, uh, and then we see Jonah coming and preaching this message. And Jonah, and, and we see in Nineveh this incredible revival that takes place. Um, even all the way up to the king. The king calls for the putting down of their evil ways and, and a fasting time and getting right with God. Amazing. And, and obviously God responds mercifully and does not bring um, judgment on them. And Jonah just can't swallow this. He cannot. He's got it in his heart that they deserve judgment. And in his heart, God's bounds of mercy and grace only fall between um, Nineveh, not, not outside the boundaries of his own known world as such. Uh, and this is where we pick up Jonah's response to God's mercy and grace to this revival that took place among the Ninevites. Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than it is to live. Jonah is in a bad shape. Anger is taken over to where he's so hardened he can't hear the word of God, and he's, he would rather just have his life ended in than to submit and repent to God. And the Lord said to him, do you do well to be angry? Jonah, what right do you have to be angry? Verse 5, Jonah went out of the city. He sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He's pouting. And he sat under it and under the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Though God had already um, forgiven them and shown his mercy that he still wasn't accepting even what God had said and what he was going to do. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. And so Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah. So he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it's better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? God is after Jonah, trying to break into this hardened heart. And, and what incredible patience, right, that God has in his mercy. And he said, yes, I do well. This is Jonah replying to God. Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. I mean, he is in a bad place in the bondage to anger in his soul. Verse 10, and the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity, have compassion on Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left. And there's also much cattle, the word of God. So let me just point out a couple things for us this morning, and then we're going to get to just an awesome testimony here from, from Trinity this morning. Just want to go through and break down for us the results of anger, what we see taking place here uh, in Jonah's heart, just, just how much bondage is, is on Jonah and the, and the destruction, right, that is, that is coming um, to this. First thing is anger, it erodes trust. Uh, anger itself is opposed to trust. In other words, it's impossible to be in a trusting relationship, especially with God, if there's unresolved anger. And that goes also with other relationships. It's impossible to have healthy relationships built on trust. You have to have trust. We have to have trust in our relationships. And when that is, it, when there's anger, it erodes, right, trust. And, and we see this here with, with John. He's not trusting God. And uh, he's, he's staying, his anger's actually building, not repentance, but actually anger. Even though he came in the belly of the fish, he came, if you read chapter two, that he got right with God. He had some sense of submission just because he was on the point of death there to God. But quickly, after he comes to, to, to uh, out of that ex 
um, experience, he, his heart hardens again and he just roots in in his anger. It starts taking over his life. Um, and so it, it, it erodes us uh, any kind of trust that we might have in, in relationships. Now, the next thing, as we move on here, is uh, anger puts us in opposition to God and, and his plan. Um, Jonah is, is the pouting prophet. We see that Jonah comes and, and he's not even willing to, to rejoice in the, in the incredible revival that has taken place. And Jonah sets up a little hut for himself so he can watch. And, and, and he's watching. His expectation, the anger has so got a hold of him. He's set in his mind of what needs to happen to these people is he's waiting even though he knows that God has already withheld his hand there. He's uh, going... A, opposing God and opposing God's plan for his life. And folks, this is what anger does in our life. It's impossible to have clarity from God and, and to understand our, our, our role, our purpose in life. Anger turns us inward. It makes us a, a time bomb, right, that goes off. As I said before, we can't manage it. It's there. And uh, sooner or later, though we think we ignore it for a while, we think we have it under control, it, it, it's, it's like a cancer, it's not going to go away until it's cut out. It's going to keep eating at us, keep taking ground in our life until uh, we come and, and we have deliverance and that God leads us um, into, a, into a process, right, of, of transformation. Um, I, uh, I just, looking at my notes here, I, it's funny, I, all, all through this study, and I'm sure some of you too as you've been with uh, Jonah, I read this, and, and we don't we, we kind of read it, and we go, man, Jonah, why couldn't you just get it? What's the problem, Jonah? How could you be so, so angry and so opposed to God? What, 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 what is your problem, Jonah? How could you be so unloving, Jonah, to these Ninevites? And I think that's how, if I, I think I can speak in generalities, at least that's how I read it. I'm like, gosh. He's a prophet of God. How, how could he be so unloving? And, and honestly, I, I, in my notes here, <laughs> I, um, this week I was thinking that. And, and just when I was thinking about, man, it, the whole book ends. It leaves this tension. And this is a message ultimately to Israel, but we are to, looking back, take it in, as our own. We see the continued quarreling, the continually grumbling of Israel, and the continual hardening of their hearts, even in light of God's supernatural patient, merciful, in stepping into their life and, and helping them is they, 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 they rejected God. They didn't listen to the voice of God. Uh, and we see here in Jonah that, man, God is coming to him, clearly asking him a question, and you read the text, Jonah never answers God. He never responds to what God has. He just, he's just rooted in his anger, and, and he's got a hold of him. He's destroying. And so I was thinking about that this, this weekend, and it, it's and my mind kind of flipped over to a situation um, a, a, about a certain circumstance. And, and I started just kind of daydreaming into this situation, thinking about how to resolve this situation. And my heart went to, just to make it this small, to where I started thinking, well, you know what? If, that, if, that, if they don't respond this way, they get what they kind of deserve. That's kind of what's going on in my brain. It's like, you know what? They're, if that just doesn't change, they're just going to get. And it was like this quick. It was like God said, look, there you go. You're just like Jonah. You're thinking just like Jonah. And folks, in our lives, I think more than we ever would realize is we look at this and go, ah, Jonah, what's your problem? You're so unloving. But in our own lives in certain, certain situations, we demand justice. We, we demand that this something somebody responds a certain way, and we move into that place of a judge, and we start putting a judgment or think, well, you know what? They're going to get this or they're going to get that type of thing. And, and that roots into this this place where Jonah was, and, and it, it, it attempts us more than we'd ever realized, rather than the, an attitude of, Lord, they're in your hands. This situation's in your hands. And Lord, I ask for mercy. I ask for you. You are a loving, compassionate God. Lord, only a move of your spirit, only a move of your power is going to break through into this situation. Only you touching them, only you doing something is going to get right breakthrough in that situation. So anger, folks, it puts us in opposition to God and to his plan for our life, and, and the destruction that comes with that is, is colossal. So the verse I have up here, just I want to give a, a few New Testament verses this morning that, that, that uphold this idea of anger. This is James 1, 19 through 20. 
And James says this to us, to the church. He says, know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Man, if we would just, if the church would be obedient to that, those two verses, I think in my own life, I look back on, wow, how much destruction I would have been saved from and inflicting upon others if I would just heed this, 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 it's simple but hard, right? Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. The anger of man, it is opposed to God. It doesn't bring about the righteousness of God. So, uh, boy, let's heed that. You got something, bro? Yeah. Uh, we had a, a question come in, and they're asking, is anger a self-control issue and or a generational sin, and how do you break it? Man, it's a great question. A great question. Uh, all the above. It, it is absolutely, the fruit of the Spirit, the, the, the ninth one is self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The, it is impo- if anger is in my soul, it is impossible for a person to live in the fruit of the Spirit, genuinely with the Spirit of God reigning on my heart and bringing the fruit of the Spirit out in my life in all those nine fruit of the Spirit, if anger is, is there, even if I think I have it managed and I can fake some of these other things, it's impossible and so it, 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 and self-control, folks, remember, that's kind of a misnomer. It's self-control, but the only way I can control self is if uh, I can't control self by self, right? It's got to be the Holy Spirit, right? Is it a generational thing? Absolutely. Like every other flesh pattern we deal with is that we inherit. This is, this is the Old Testament, right? This is... Um, within the Ten Commandments, right, it is that God makes it very clear that he visits the iniquity of the fathers are passed down four generations. Sin has, it never is it just me when I'm sinning. I'm inflicting something on others always, and it is generational. Anger is absolutely generational. And, um, you know, we don't need, I think, to get delivered from it. We don't need to go in some deep introspective thing. It, 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 as you're going to hear, even this, this morning, this great testimony, is it, it is a sovereign move of God. It is, God says he'll come to our aid if we cry out to him right, on, on this issue. So the next uh, thing here is anger destroys relationships. Um, gosh, I don't know how much I can... Um, emphasize this this enough again we can't manage it it's not some minor issue it's not just a little flare up here or there anger is with Jonah hey, let's just look at Jonah this is so sad think about this Jonah he experienced something that every preacher every person that knows something of revival every person that longs to see transformation and a city transformed and people's hearts transformed and, and people come to Jesus and, and come to God he's, he's living in the experience of one of the greatest revivals we have in the, in the Bible and he's completely missing it He's missing, he's, his anger has removed him, it has put him in isolation, and folks, isolation kills, it always kills. He's isolated from God and from what God is doing, he's missing the joy of the moment. He should be down in the middle of Nineveh as an Israelite, hugging these folks who've now just repented and where God has given, he should be rejoicing with them, he should be teaching them, he should be in the middle of the celebration, but where do we find him? We find him in isolation on the top of the hill, in his little isolated shack pouting angry with God waiting still uh, hoping for destruction there holding on to what he thinks that God should do it is such graphic imagery of what happens in our lives when anger takes hold it isolates us and it destroys every relationship around us eventually it is impossible for an angry person to develop a healthy relationship impossible no matter how much we think we've got it fixed or got it controlled it is impossible for us to manage that and for us to develop a healthy relationship it is a marriage killer it is a killer for parenting it is a killer for developing any kind of friendship and and the verse i have up here this is proverbs powerful um little uh little little uh, pr- little proverb uh here um oh let me find my uh i lost my place here <clears throat> this is proverbs twenty two twenty four. 
This is what the writer of wisdom said, make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man. Make no friendship with a man of anger. In other words, the the wisdom says, look, it is not going to be a healthy relationship. That is not going to be a healthy friendship because anger destroys relationship. Um, And and so I just say from the deepest part of my heart, pleading with you, um, ladies, uh, please heed this, this issue. Anger is nothing you can ever solve in, in a person you're dating, a person you're friends with, or your spouse. Only the power of God, only a crying out to God and to move and to do that is, is possible to bring that about. It is destructive. I, I know, I, I think I shared in the first service, um, I, um, and I think this is a battle, I don't think, it is, uh, a special battle for every man. There's something that happens in the adolescent years. I mean, sometimes you see, even in children, you see anger manifest in young men. And we either go one of two ways. We either go the macho, just very outward, you know, thrusting of anger, or we go, and what culture says today, hey, you know what? You, this, this masculine thing is evil. We just need to soften it. We need to effeminate, uh, make it effeminate. We need to make it, make it just, you know, uh, calm you guys down. That is the world's way of doing something even more destructive than actually dealing with the root of the issue of getting the anger under control and bringing that um, before before God. But every young man deals with this. And if it's not dealt with in the adolescent years in a healthy way, you know, it sinks into a man's soul. And it, again, it can be managed to a certain extent, but sooner or later, man, that thing is going to pop out. And, and I, I just know growing up, I, I look back and and, and we, we all have destructive ways of, of handling that rage. And, and boy, sometimes you don't even know where it comes from, right? There's just anger. And it's part of, and, and we don't have time to get into where that comes from and, and universally, right, in men. But I know in me, when I was growing up, I, I, there was a season where for me, my only, my vent of anger was just profanity. It was just raging. And it was like something just came on me. And it was, it was just a, a fits of, of rage to just get this Something was there, and, and if it wasn't for uh, my youth pastor, young life leader, and some others in my life uh, that we all were dealing with this in different ways to, to really bring the Lord in, to bring that under control, is who knows, right, where that, where that would go. So I plead with you on this issue. Anger destroys relationships. There's no other, other way around it. Um, next thing is anger, it impedes our prayer is that uh, this is all through the scripture. Is it impossible? And here we see, amazingly, Jonah, what does Jonah do? Jonah actually, though he's angry, he's still talking to God. He's angry with God, and he never responds again to God's questions in his life. But there's obviously this communication with, with God, and it ends the book with God um, in, uh, Jonah isolated with his anger and God separate. Jonah not responding to anger. We don't know what, what, what happened there? And that's a, it was a message to Israel originally. It's a message to us. Is the power of this deal with this issue of anger. It will radically impact our prayer life. And the verse I have here from the New Testament is this powerful verse in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, and this is where Paul is speaking to Timothy. And the first part of, of chapter 2 is Paul is encouraging prayer for all of those in leadership um, in our governments, which is applicable to right now, so that we might live in peace. And then he goes on, he says this, I desire then in every place, in other words, every place, he's speaking specifically ecclesia, the church, where the church is gathered, small or big, he says, in every place I desire that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. It's a powerful little section right here to show us that Anger quenches the spirit of God. If there is unresolved anger, it brings a quenching of the spirit in my life. If I have unresolved, or it brings it to the body when it's gathered together. In other words, what Paul is saying here is, look, lift these hands. Men, I want you to lead the way in providing this, making sure that there's this open presence of God, desire for his presence when we gather together. But if there is anger, unresolved anger, it will quench the spirit uh, in that situation. So... Um, boy, we have to just, again, pay attention to the power of anger and realize that it, it will impede our prayer life. It will put a block and barrier in our relationship uh, with God. 
And the final thing here is we just see that, that with Jonah, we see that anger hardens and it will destroy us. We see just this journey of Jonah, and we have a little bit of encouragement in chapter 2 where he gets a little repentance and submits to God a little bit, gets back on track. But when he sees Nineveh everything, his heart goes back. It gets hard, and the book ends in this incredible way. We don't know, except it ends with Jonah isolated and angry, just hardened right before God, not responding um, to God. Uh, and boy, that's just a, a real tough place to be. And the passage here that I put is Ephesians chapter 4. Let me just read a couple of these verses for us. Paul tells the uh, church in Ephesus, he says, be angry and do not sin. Be angry and do not sin. Uh, the importance with anger is that uh, there's a time to be angry. Anger is a universal experience. We all get angry at things. The question is, what do I do with my anger, right? And this is back to the fruit of the Spirit, is e either my anger is going to be taken to God and taken to the Spirit of God and left to Him, or my anger, right, is actually going to cause me to sin, and then it takes over. It's like a bondage. It, it, it can put me in, in grips, right? So Paul says, to be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Anger is a portal right, to the spiritual realm for the enemy to come and put us in bondage right, to, this, to, this, uh, to the anger. Let all bitterness, let all wrath, anger, clamor, slander, be put away from you along with all malice, with all evil. Paul is saying, look, these have no place in the Christian's life. This isn't, oh, I can manage that. Oh, this is okay. Or, hey, I'm just human, whatever it is. No, these, this is warfare. This is, these are things that will rob the new life from us, will rob from us the abundant life and will uh, in bring in a uh, uh, destructive influence into our families, into the church itself. We must rid our lives of these things. And again, it's, it's not what we can do. We can't fix it. We can't, but he can. And there should be this radical submission to him for that. Then he says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. There's the answer. Is the only way to move and get freedom from anger is, is to give ourselves to Christ, is to bring, uh, lean into him into what he's done for us. It is when I understand what God has done to forgive me, when I understand the purposes of God, his mercy and his compassion, and when I repent and I put myself humbly before him in submission, it is then that God starts his work of setting me free right from, from this anger. So I hope that that's helpful. And you might be sitting there saying, okay, well, wow, what do I do with all that? That's, that's tough stuff, right? Is, well, that's where we want to end with is the hope, is that uh, God doesn't ever leave us there. He gives us the resources. Scripture promises He never tempts us beyond what we can handle. He always provides a way of escape. He always provides for us. If we honestly want to seek Him and we honestly want deliverance and we honestly want Him, is that He promises He will come to us and He will deliver us. So, Brian, you have something there yeah, before we bring uh, Trinity up? Yeah, before we go to there, um, we had someone text in that said, we know that God gives anger for certain purposes. Can you just touch on like what those might be? Or I know we've talked about the uh, idea of righteous anger and what that kind of looks like. Right, um, right. So what are some like modern examples yeah. of Yeah, that's what great. That well, I think, uh, obviously, there is, the, back what we just read here, Ephesians 4, there is, you know, it says, be angry, but do not sin. Boy, that's a fine line right there. Because God gets angry. Now, it's a whole other topic. We can talk about that next week. But um, we need to, our, the question is, am I angry about what God is angry? Is my heart broken for the things that are breaking God's heart? And that when we do, there is a righteous anger in the sense of seeing um, trauma, seeing abuse, seeing right, the, 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 the results of evil in the world and being angry about wanting justice. That is right. We see it all through the psalmists, and, or, or all the, the psalm writers. They were demanding, Lord, where's justice? Where, this is wrong, right? That is, that is a right response. The problem, again, is what do I do with that anger? That's the key here. What do I do with my anger? And am I taking it to God or am I taking it myself and owning it? And if I don't take it to God, and taking it to God means that I come to him and put my place, put my life and my anger right under the cross, under what Jesus has done for me. And remember, remember God makes it very clear, is, is, I, is we're not to take vengeance. We're not, justice is not in our hands. It's in his hands. 
And that's the place of trusting. So the whole idea of this message, anger and trusting God. The only way I can trust God is if I trust him with my anger. And to say, I have righteous anger, we have to be very careful with that. Oftentimes, that might just be as Jonah. Jonah is the perfect example of someone who had righteous anger, but, but, but the way God was handling things was not the way God, Jonah wanted him to handle it, and so Jonah's righteous anger moved into radical sin and, and removed him, right, from the, the plan of God. So hopefully that, that helps. understand that. That was good. Yeah. Anything else? Any other uh, questions or thoughts in there? We had one more comment coming from a teacher that yeah. uh, is close, near and dear to our hearts, but... They pointed out a typo in your slide. Ah. You put the verse 31 through 31. Uh, nice. So they wanted to bring that to light. Yeah. That, thank you for that. We just really wanted to emphasize verse 31. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah awesome. Thanks, guys. Um, thanks for that. Hey, Trinity, come on up here. Guys, I want you to listen because you might be sitting out there and you might be uh, sitting there the, and the consequences of anger generationally in your family, in your own life, in your marriage, in your children, in friends, it, it could be overwhelming and it could be years of never seeing breakthrough, of never seeing really victory on this issue. And um, I want you to, you're, you're going to be so encouraged with this testimony um, this morning uh, to, to give us hope and, and a way forward of how to get free from this. Good to see you, bro. Good to see you. This is Trinity Terry. Married to Tracy, his better half. She's a lot better than I am. <laughs> and um, man, thanks, brother, for being here. Uh, I've, I've journeyed some with Trinity, obviously, in, in hearing his story, which is just, it's, uh, it's awesome, man. And, and we were just talking between services just about the joy of getting to share our story, right? To get to share, this is what Jesus calls us to do. We don't have to be, we don't have to have a bunch of theological knowledge, but from the moment we meet Jesus, as God desires us to be a witness, right? To come and share, testify of the good things that God has done for us, right, in our life. So, so bro, share with us this morning. Encourage us. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I want to start off by, by saying and being very clear that, that nothing I'm going to share here is something that I'm, I'm particularly proud of. Um, the only thing that I'm proud of is that God rescued me. Yeah, Amen. When I was dead in my sin, he breathed life into yeah. me. So if there's anything you take away from this, take that. Like he, He's a good God and he's, he's a rescuer. Um, in fact, the only reason that I'm willing to share any of the details is because it gives a, a little bit of a window into the depravity of my heart and the darkness of my life um, before I met him. So, and once you see that, I think we've all got a story to tell, but once you see um, what he did in my life and what he's done in your life and you begin to rem remember that, we can't help but worship him and love him more. So that... That is why I'm sharing my story this morning. Um, and I can't share my story without the deliverance of God from anger. And really it was uh, an uncontrollable anger and, and fits of rage in my life that um, really controlled everything that I did. Um, I had other issues and hang-ups besides that, but at the center and root of it all was, was this anger. And I don't know where it came from. Um, I said earlier, uh, you know, I went through discipleship and, and prayed, and um, you know, I don't know where it came from, yeah. but the fact is that it was there from as early as I can remember. Mm. I, would, I would grow up, you know, in, in my house. Um, there were holes in the walls all the time. Doors kicked in because that was my natural response or reaction when something set me off. Um, so I think of my mom mm. and her raising me and, and raising a kid like that, and it's like I, I love her and I, I honor her today because I've got a 13-year-old son, and, and um, I'm fortunate, I'm super blessed. He's a sweetie, but uh, I wasn't a sweetie. And, I, um, and, bro, I think it's important to note here, I just want all us all to realize the hope is that, you know, when we talk about this, this universal thing that we all deal with with anger, even from a young age, is we don't have to let it manifest, the, the hope is is that you know that uh, uh, somebody's involved with us at a young age. Hopefully, our our parents and dad, but but youth pastors, other people, right? So we can we can walk through and be free from that, even in our adolescence. Yeah, and uh, my mom was there for me. She she loved me. She loved me very well, and and she loves me to this day um, a lot. She's super proud of of the work that God has done in my life. That's awesome. um, so. 
yeah, and, and, and growing up, I um, I had a love for sports. I still have a love for sports, but I I, I was inclined to the, the more contact sports like wrestling and boxing. And um, my hero was Mike Tyson. So <laughs> you shouldn't be sharing that, but right, that's okay. No. That, that was actually the, as we're talking through this, that was probably the center of my issues. But um, no, he, you know, I uh, a lot of times sports will do. Der- direct someone in a positive way, but it didn't do that for me. It, um, it kind of fueled this fire and this reputation that I had as a, as a tough kid and as an angry kid. And, um, you know, I'd prove that any chance that I got and going into high school, uh, I started partying a lot and, um, my best friend inherited a, a good chunk of money when he turned 17. And so that he moved out of his parents' house, got his own place um, and it catapulted us into this, this, um, I say rock star lifestyle because it, it really was, we did whatever we wanted to do. And, um, really, I mean, it was, it was a crazy, crazy time. Um, and you mix that with someone who has anger issues and it's, it's a really, yeah. it's a really bad combination. Um, so at that point, nobody was, was safe around me. I mean, it was, I was just a, I was an ugly person. Um, I would go to parties with the sole intent of just finding someone to explode on and, and fight. Um, and by the time I was 17, I had racked up. I don't remember my mom. If she's watching, she probably would know better than me. But I had you know, three, four, or five assault charges um, already as a child. And um, one of them was pretty serious. I had gone to my dad's my dad owned a bar and I walked in there. I don't know. I was there to see him. I don't know what I was doing there, but I definitely wasn't old enough to be in there drinking. But, um, I went in there and I seen a guy that, that I knew of and I didn't like, um, he was, he was a bit older than me and, um, he had went off to college and was playing football and, and I, I didn't like him being at my dad's place. Yeah. So I immediately picked a fight with him and, um, you know, he ended up getting hurt pretty bad. He had some um, facial and, and skull fractures. And, and, you know, this was at my, it's bad enough that I did that, but then it was at my dad's business. And you, you would think that that would have woke me up to, like, dude, do something about your anger, you know, get some help. But it didn't do that. It fueled this reputation that I had. And, I mean, it just, my pride swelled, and, and it just... Like I said, it just fueled that that nastiness, and um, it all came to a head one night. Um, my best friend and I, who I already mentioned, he we were in his basement and uh, just self-consumed, doing whatever we wanted to do, and um, the fear of God flooded his his house. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to describe with words, sure. um, but it was it was a tangible presence of God that really shook us to our core. Mm. And we were, um, and he was cut from the same cloth, man. He was, he was a fighter. He, he, you know, he had a lot of pride and, um, we were shooken to our core and, um, brought to our knees trembling. And man, I remember it like it was yesterday. I grabbed his hand and like, like, what, what do we do? The consciousness of God and eternity and the eternal realm was just like, it was there. It was in the room, and we couldn't escape it. Um, so I, not knowing what else to do, I prayed, I think, for probably for the first time in my life, um, because up until this point, I, I'd, I wasn't a seeker. I'd, I'd never had a desire to serve the Lord. I didn't grow up in church um, or any of that, but I grabbed, Cap, I grabbed his hand, and, and I, said, I said something like, God, if you're real, Please come and save me. I don't want to live my life like this. I, if, if you save me, um, I will. I'll never. I won't live like this anymore. Just don't let me die like this. And then I said, "In Jesus' name." And um, I stood up and just began to shout, "Glory to God! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus!" And this was super foreign to me at the time because. Like I said, I've never been to church. Um, I've been to a couple of fellowship of Christian athlete events, um, but that was just as as a social deal. Um, And 
yeah, so it was foreign. I'm, I'm shouting these things out that I, I do all the time now, but back then I was like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Um, but again, it was so powerful in that moment that, that my friend, um, who I, I'm still in contact with, he's still one of my best friends. We still talk about it to this day, 20 some years later. And, um, yeah, I stood up and, and I know now I didn't know then what the heck I was saying, but I know now that that's when the Holy Spirit came and, and made, set up residence in me. Um, and from that point on my eternal place was set yeah. like god got started to work that night so awesome bro and man he's been so faithful yeah. to continue on saving me when i get myself in trouble but he's yeah. he's from i was never ever the same like it was such a radical radical transformation um that took place i, I didn't talk the same yeah. i didn't respond to people the same I didn't look at people the same. Like I started thinking about God and, and purpose, and um, yeah, and went on to awesome. to be discipled by some great people, and um, was in this spiritual bubble for I don't know four or five years. Right after my conversion, I went to Teen Challenge, and then and then on to Bible school. And um, I would love to say that that's where the story ends and everything was perfect <laughs> after that, but. That would be a lie, and we're not here to lie. Um, I've, I've screwed up big time since that day. Um, but he has always, always, always pursued me, chased me down, and rescued me. Man, there was, there was a couple seasons in my life where I, where I turned and ran from him after all that and, like, all that he had done. You know, I thought that I could write the script better than him. Yeah. And so I kind of took the reign of my life a few different times. And, man... It was short-lived because God is—he's—he's he's furious for us. He, his yeah. love is 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 amazing. So it's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's my awesome. story, bro. I, I uh, thanks for sharing. You know, I mean, I, I mean, hopefully you're listening to that and your heart just resonates with. Again, we're to we're to testify of the goodness of God and. Um, you know, when you, you talk about your experience of just being, you know, God just shows up. It's those suddenlies of scripture, right, that we we so long for, right, that <clears throat> we can't explain, but God just moves, right, and and we respond. And I, I think as you said that, the thing that hit me was, you know, uh, I can't have a new language until I have a new heart. Yeah. You know, you're, you're given a new heart, and because of that, God's presence, the fear of God, and you're overwhelming. You, you, you start speaking a new language you didn't even know, like, hallelujah. Like, where are they, you know, I mean, where did that come from, right? And Jesus and, and these other things, right? And I, I think the lie out there, I don't think, I know part of the lie for a lot of us is that we, uh, I, I need to get rid of the anger. So I focus on the outside. I need to get rid of this, this bad language or these rage or whatever it is. But, but what we need is a new heart. Until a new heart is, until the new life comes, until God does his sovereign, powerful work on my heart, I can't get that new language. And so I, I have to, as you were, you were talking, I, I just felt like, man, I just felt like there was somebody watching right now who was sitting there going, man, he's telling, he's telling my story. That, that's my story. And so, bro, I'd, I'm going to have Derek, you come up and, 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 and you just lead this time because I, I just want you to minister to that person. I, I really believe somebody's out there right now and you were watching and you said, that's, he's, he's telling my story. Except you have had that experience yet. God hasn't yet flooded your room, flooded your heart with a fear of God and, and, and given you a new heart. Right? Maybe you think you have a new heart, but you're still, you're still living. You're still trying to correct your language. You're still trying to manage your sin and that never works. And so, man, I, I plead with you right now. Um, li listen, listen to Lit Trinity minister to you right now. And um, boy, this conversation doesn't stop here, right? Trinity's available. We're here um, to, to journey with each other on this issue. So, man, brother, minister to that person here. Derek, come up and lead us this morning. Oh boy, Trinity, thank you. Steve, thank you. Um, I just want to, I just want to, just I know for some of you out there that it, it may be anger, it may be other things, but so, if you're thinking there's something that has a stronghold or a root in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, uh, Trinity, if you'd pray for us, man, let's uh, just bring that to mind and, 
and call upon the Lord, and Trinity's going to lead us. He delivers us. He heals us. He is our source. And this is the, for, for, these things are not something that we're going to overcome by willpower. Uh, I think we've all tried that. We have all tried that. But it is by the deliverance of the Lord, and, and boy, that when, when any of us have a moment where that stuff is rising up, and then we see and we feel and we experience the power and the presence of the Lord overcome that, and we, and we see that we're separate from that. Paul told the Corinthians that that, you, that is no longer who you are, but, but you are a new man. And man, that's what we want to live to. And man, I'm just so encouraged by your testimony. And, and brother, if you'd lead us, we want to join you in praying for our, for our deliverance, man. Well, Father, we just, we love you, God. Um, we worship you for, for who you are, for what you've done. And what you've done, you'll do again, Lord. Time and time again, it's who you are. You're, you're a rescuer. Uh, you're a redeemer. And Lord, is, if there's someone out there right now um, that struggles with anger and rage even, um, and it resonates with what we were talking about, man, I encourage you, just cry out to him. I, 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 I went through several anger management accounts. I'm, I'm remembering this now as part of like my sentencing from, from these assault charges as a kid, they would put me through like anger management. It was a joke. Like it didn't, I mean, there's a place for counseling. I, I get that. But let me tell you something. When God breaks in, like there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Whew. So I, I pray for you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that if there's someone, in fact, for that someone who is struggling with anger and uncontrollable rage. The only thing that's controlling about it is, is their life. It's, it's controlling their life. And Lord, I pray that you would come in and you would break the chains. You would break the power. You would get to the root and you would remove it, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. And, and for those of you Others of you who maybe have other life-controlling problems, um, alcoholism, addiction, um, low self-esteem, and any anything that controls your life, may cry out to God. He is the King of Kings, and He is the Lord of Lords, and He desires to rule in, rule in your life and reign in your heart. And I'm telling you, it's, it is a fun, fun, adventurous life. I talked about taking the reins back from him a few times because I thought I could write the script better. But man, I'm sitting here today and I declare that I could not have written the script any better than he has for my life. I'm so full of joy, so full of thankfulness, and, and, and my heart is full of love for him. So reach out today. He's near. And, and um, bless you and reach out to, to any of us as well. We would love to journey with you in, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.